American Giant would like to thank you for doing business with them. They started advertising on this program. I did an interview because I read about this, uh, this company, American Giant, that was uh, trying to bring clothing manufacturing back to America. Uh, you know, and it was a California company, and I thought, oh, well, these guys probably hate us. But they made these great, um, you remember the old sweatshirts that used to be made in America. They made them the same. You can't buy them anywhere. And I found out as I interviewed this guy on air that uh, in 2012, there was this manufacturing, clothing manufacturing uh, company that was closing. And all of these people with all the skill were being let go. And the now owner of American Giant thought that we can't let this happen. So he started it. He brought back the machinery, retrained people. And now they just make some of the best clothing. And it is all made here in America. And I mean... It's all sourced in America. Every button, every thread, every jar of ink that is used. I mean, it's all American. Thank you for um, going and visiting their website and buying some of their clothing. You're buying real American and uh, you're buying restoration when you go to American-Giant.com slash Glenn. Go there now. Welcome to Friday. I want to start the show uh, the way I or end the show today, the way I began the show on Monday of this week. And that is talking about gratitude. Uh, I really believe one of our bigger problems is we don't we look at our shortcomings. We only talk about how bad things are. We only uh, we're all bitching and moaning about this or that. And we don't really realize how good life is how great things really are even in their worst would you live at any other time than this time and in this country if you look at world history i wouldn't i really wouldn't and we think it's so bad it is bad because it can be so much better but we have to have gratitude but is it enough just to have gratitude or do you need to Put that into practice to be able to be healthy and whole, which our our country is struggling with happiness. We are a depressed medicine taking group of people that a lot of them just nihilist. So gratitude, does it play a role? I'm going to talk to one of the guys who is the biggest authority on happiness and uh, gratitude probably in the world. He has studied it his whole life. We'll go there in 60 seconds. Name a piece of technology that you're uh, you're on more every day than your phone. I'll wait. I'll wait. I mean, be honest, right? 
If you're one of those rare people who can limit their screen time efficiently, good for you. But you still rely on your phone a lot. So you really need good, affordable services. But you also want to do business with people who are not fighting against your your values and your principles. And we're not talking about, ah, oh, they believe in a higher tax code. I don't, that, we're so far past that now. I'm looking for somebody who believes in the Bill of Rights. Can, can you give me nine out of the top ten on the Bill of Rights? If you can, huh, we're buddies. We have no arguments between us that make any real difference. Well, with the phone companies, some of them are promoting abortion with uh, donations to uh, Planned Parenthood, which they have perfect right to do. But I'd prefer none of my money going to that company that they'll take their profits and, and fight against the things that I'm for. Patriot Mobile is the only Christian conservative cell company out there, and they are standing for life. They are in our um, in our neighborhoods trying to help us stand against some of the stuff that is happening in our schools. And every time you make a phone call, that money is going to them and they're helping us stand with the people who are standing with you. It's patriotmobile.com slash back. You'll save money, get great phone service. And you'll support a company that's supporting you. PatriotMobile.com slash Beck. 972Patriot is the number. 972Patriot. Use the offer code Beck. PatriotMobile.com slash Beck. Dr. Paul Zak. He is a Claremont Graduate University professor, which usually does not go in somebody's favor on this program. Uh, but in his case, uh, it's, a, it's a great thing. He has been... He has been studying uh, scientifically um, how to improve your attitude in your life, how to create experiences that are really good, because we're changing as a society. I want to talk to him specifically about gratitude. His latest book is called Immersion, the Science of Extraordinary and the Source of Happiness. Welcome, Paul. How are you, sir? Good morning, Glenn. Great to talk to you. Great to talk to you. Um, so I started the week asking my audience to start recognizing things that they're grateful for, because I think we're so far away from understanding gratitude and uh, applying the actual action that that should um, uh, 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 turn you turn your gratitude into. We don't even recognize the things most time that we're grateful for. Can you talk to me a little bit about the science of gratitude and how it changes or perhaps doesn't change our life? Right. I think you, your setup was exactly correct, that we have things that are so good now for most of us that we just feel like we're entitled to perfection. But we are um, a social species and we need the other people around us to really live satisfied lives. So the data show that people who are grateful live longer and live healthier. That is, they flourish better. And they flourish because they're connected to those around us. So when we are the opposite of grateful, when we're entitled, who yeah. wants to be around that person? Oh, it's the worst. I, I've noticed that because I, I used to be a despicable human being, alcoholic, and I was just really in my 30s, and I sobered up, and I, I started to live my life completely differently. And I used to think I hate people. And that's when I was miserable. Um, I love people now and I love talking to people. I love going into, you know, uh, a diner and the waitress and we'll strike up a conversation. You know, what's your life like? What's happening? And 
it makes me happier. It just makes me happier. Yeah, and our brains evolved in human beings to connect to others. So we have specific anatomical functions that are different than any other animal that, as you said, give us that value of social connection. And when we're grateful, we are pleasant to be around. We are aware of other people's emotions. We let those people into our lives and vice versa. And so we end up being of service to others, right? And when you're nice to that waitress, she also has a better day. And then we start this virtuous cycle where you have a nice customer, the waitress is happy, she's nicer to the next customer. And that's the way that we can improve society. So social media has got to destroy happiness. With what everything we're doing, where we're on our phones all the time, man, kids are sitting next to each other and they're not talking, they're texting each other. Um, you know, with, with AI starting to come, there's an app now where, you know, you can have an AI friend that will talk to you that that's not the same. And it's, it's just not, it seems to me that that's one of the things that we are really missing is a closeness to a physical friend or family. We're just caught up in this this world and that world that we're in is also telling us you don't have enough. Somebody has more. Like like every good question, the answer is yes and no, right? To the extent that people are lonely, that is not adaptive for human beings. It's, it's, you know, a big risk factor for early death and unhappiness. So social media in studies we've done gives you between 50 and 80% of a real in-person interaction. Mm. So it's not a bad substitute. Now the in-person, you have so much more bandwidth hitting your brain, right? You have touch, you have smell, you have eye contact. So you need that in-person interaction if you can get it. But if you can't, I think social media is not a bad substitute if you're using that to form connections. So not just looking at, you know, a five second TikTok, but actually doing FaceTime, you know, uh, connecting to people on Facebook, whatever it is. And by the actually way, talking to people or communicating yeah, one-on-one with somebody. For sure. Okay. And what's really cool is that that one-on-one builds our capacity to emotionally connect to others very rapidly. So the more we connect, the easier it is. And here's the really cool thing from a health perspective. Those social connections reduce cardiovascular stress, improve the immune system, keep us healthier and happier. Okay, but may may I just clarify one thing? That's not tweeting something and then reading the responses. That what you're talking about is an actual community, even if it's text back and forth with one another. You're talking about one-on-one communication or not? Yes, sir. One-on-one, exactly. Okay. All right. Um, The... um, uh, I'm I'm sure you, you know about you know, Glenn Fox and imagine you're a Holocaust survivor. So everything is, everything's better than that. Um, uh, Victor Frankl, however, in man's search for meaning, he found meaning because nothing had meaning. Does gratitude play a role at that point on a level we can all understand? It does to the extent that it connects us to others, right? So Frankl found meaning in others and just living every day and of being of service to others. So part of the practice of gratitude is connecting and serving others and serving something bigger than yourself. That makes you grateful to be on the planet. So when I said earlier this week that we just have to at least start noticing the things that we're grateful for, 
And every day, once a day when you get up or, you know, twice a day, get up and go to sleep or whenever you want to write it. But just write a list of the people and the things that you are grateful for. Um, in, in My intent is that people will eventually start to say those things to those people and start to put into action those thoughts. But you first have to really kind of train yourself to notice these things. Does, is there any kind of benefit from just noticing those things, having that switch turn on? There is, because again, it focuses us on being good members of our communities, right? Connecting us to others. Glenn, some years ago, uh, Time Magazine, your favorite publication, <laughs> uh, asked me to write a, a couple of sentences on uh, New Year's resolutions, which I'm not a big fan of, honestly, but they said, no, yeah. what, what's your New Year news? And I said, what I really want to do is, for every social interaction I have, add love to the world. So I call that the Love Plus program. So I think that's a great way to show gratitude, right? So every time you interact with someone, are you adding love to the world? Are you decreasing love? Are you making that person happier or less happy? And if you're making that person happier, you get the reflection of that. They go, oh, wow, it was so great to talk to Glenn. He was so nice. I'm picking up the waitress in the diner you spoke to. Right. right. So then you start this virtuous cycle, and that's where that gratitude has a global impact. You have let me let me switch uh, subjects here for just just a bit. Just kind of slide over to something else that you do. Um, you're an entrepreneur. You have you know uh, founded all kinds of different things: the immersion neuroscience, a software platform, um, and you have also been with some of the biggest businesses. Um, you know, you're a TED Talks guy, and you talk a lot about. These experiences, people are craving for real experiences. Um, and so you try to put this in and teach business people how to increase happiness through experiences. Um, are you looking yet at, um, the, you know, uh, things like the um, uh, the immersive experiences that are all digital uh, things like the, uh, what, do you, what is the thing called, a metaverse? Are you looking into that? Are those the same as a real physical experience? I've stumped the good doctor. I think we lost him. Did we lose him? Paul? Dr. Paul Zach will be, well, let's reconnect with him. Dr. Paul Zach, the Claremont graduate university professor, uh, author of Immersion. It is fascinating what he studies uh, and how he applies it. We'll get back to him in just a minute. First, let me tell you about Rough Greens. Rough Greens is just the best. Rough Greens has been making dogs healthier and happier for years. And I can tell you with my own dog, Uno, it is the real deal. Um, Tanya and I were talking about this last night, and I said, Victor and Ella, which were the two German Shepherds before Uno, how at the same age, what were they like? And she said, don't you remember? Um, Uno couldn't walk up the stairs. Neither could Ella at, at uh, his age. Um, they just they just totally changed and really slowed down. My dog is just beginning to slow down, um, but he still hauls butt up the stairs. He's really healthy. The doctor just called back the vet with his blood test and all of it and said, it's amazing. There's like everything. There's not one uh, red dot or yellow dot on any of the tests that I ran. He is 
as good as a puppy. And I really think nothing to prove this, but my feeling is because I watched him change. Putting rough greens on his food has changed his life and extended it as well. Rough greens, R-U-F-F greens dot com slash Beck. Rough greens dot com slash Beck. It's your first bag free. You can also get it by calling 833-G-L-E-N-N-33, Glenn 33, or roughgreens.com slash Beck. 10 seconds, station ID. Doc, I'm sorry, we lost you. Dr. Paul Zak, uh, the author of Immersion, the Science of the Extraordinary and the Source of Happiness. Um, I was talking to you about the uh, the metaverse. And I, I mean, I really see a time where a lot of people who don't have anything really going in their lives, they don't necessarily have a job. And, you know, it, life for them is very different and they want to escape they're working to pay for admission to the metaverse where they can be anything is is the real experience that you study for happiness and and share with these fortune 500 company companies are real experiences which i think people are are craving are they different than like what is coming in the metaverse uh, uh, yes and no uh, you know i think our brain doesn't strongly differentiate between experiences in person and flickering images. Think of people crying at movies, which neurologically to me is fascinating. Uh, you know, these are fictional uh, stories. You know, these are professional actors. You're aware you're in a theater. And yet at the end of the movie, the boy gets the girl. So I agree with you, Glenn. I think there's a risk that in the metaverse with that 3D surround, that is going to be so compelling that we're just going to stay in our little rooms and never right. and talk to real humans and lose that physical contact, lose that smell, that touch, that eye contact. What does that do? Long run. I mean, it feels like we're running so many experience, uh, experiments on our children right now, you know, with all of the stuff. I know Silicon Valley is like, no, my kids aren't online. My kids don't have these devices. Um, and we don't even know what this is going to do to them. Um, what does it do when you're trapped in a virtual root world a lot of the time? Anything? Again, from a, from a neurologic perspective, the brain doesn't differentiate. We adapt right away to that new world. So again, if it's so uh, interesting and compelling and much more um, you know valuable to us than the actual world, then we we do have a problem. So I think the answer is going to be a little bit's probably okay. Like, uh, you know, anything, yeah. like your food or moderation, anything. a little bit probably all right. Yeah, exactly. But don't overdo yeah. it. Right. Um, with you saying that our happiness, I, what I'm searching here for, and I'm sure, you know, I'm, I'm searching for what is the hole that we would be a good place to start filling in. There's so much suicide and despair and anger in the world. Um, I know when I was younger, I really didn't want to have any children. I have four children. Um, and now that I'm, you know, 58, all I can think of is I, I, wow, 59, I'm sorry. All I can think of now is besides when did I get so old is I wish I had eight children because of the only thing family is the only thing that really gives true lasting happiness with us not having children, so many children and women now waiting so long. Is that affecting us too? 
The data are not clear on that, but I think the great thing about children is they, particularly for men, they really humanize us, right? We really learn how to give full love to others. So I think people without children and people whose children are out of the house can take that same approach and apply it to our dear friends, to our elderly family members, to our nieces and nephews. Um, again, the brain is so adaptive, and we need connection, just uh, desperately need it. I have about two minutes left, and I just want to ask you, the science of the extraordinary is such a great uh, opening line for your, your book, Immersion. Can you, can you boil that down in 90 seconds and tell me what that is? What does it even mean? Yeah, so there is a, a science to extraordinary experiences from uh, movies to um, uh, customer experiences to social interactions. And it's driven by these two core neurochemicals that are measurable. And once we measure those, then we can really create extraordinary experiences. And as you said, Glenn, basically stretch our brains to be better social creatures, to be more emotionally connected to others, to be fully present and really build our own happiness and flourishing. And is this written for the average person or is this mainly a business book of people how to run their businesses uh, in a much more human sort of way to give the customer the best experience? Yeah, it's really both. I mean, it focuses on businesses, but if you think about anything you do in your life, arranging your house, getting married, right, we're all creating experiences. So uh, lots of tips on there on how to live a happier life. And again, stretch your brain to really be fully present for those around you. Um, uh, I can't thank you enough for what you study. And, and we did our homework. Um, you are, I mean, you're not just only the, the, the leading you know, source of this stuff. You are really, really buttoned up on it and have done so much. Uh, we are, I am struggling to look how I can help my audience find um, peace in an absolute tumultuous world where everything seems upside down. We're looking at, we're, we're missing something to be able to weather through this and be able to get to the other side because we all will survive. Uh, and I'd like to talk to you again. And if there's ever anything that comes to mind, I'd, I'd love to talk to you. Thank you so much, Thank Paul. you, Glenn. Appreciate I'm grateful it. for you. God bless. Me too, for you. Uh, Dr. Paul Zak, uh, the name of the book is Immersion. We barely talked about it. But pick it up. Um, the science behind what happens when we feel gratitude. The Glenn Beck Program. I can tell you from personal experience that if there is one thing worse than being in pain, uh, that you are determined to beat. It's being in pain that you're resigning yourself to live with. There's one thing when you're on the pursuit and you're like, I'm not going to. And then there's another where you're like, I might be like this for the rest of my life. That is a dark place to be. I have been there um, and I am not there anymore. And I credit most of it to relief factor. Um, it broke the back of whatever was going on in my body. And my biggest problem was inflammation. It just the whole body was inflamed and I'm still a little puffy, but doctors tell me that's fat, but the three week quick start might get you out of that pain. It's a trial pack. 
of Relief Factor, 100% natural, so it's not going to zap you or anything like that. And it works four different directions, unlike ibuprofen. And 70% of the people who order it go on to order more. They find relief in Relief Factor. So call 800, the number four relief, or go to relieffactor.com and get your quick start bag. Just try it for three weeks. See if it doesn't work for you. 800-4-RELIEF, relieffactor.com. Now's a great time to join Blaze TV. You can do it at blazetv.com slash Glenn. Use the promo code Glenn to save 10 bucks. Welcome to the uh, Glenn Beck program. Are you watching 1926? Anybody watching that? That is one of the Yellowstone spin-off previews? from, yeah. Prequels? It, it, it has, um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Harrison Ford and Ellen Mirren in it. Helen Ellen Mirren. Helen Mirren mm-hmm. in it. She is fantastic. So is he. I like this better than Yellowstone. Really? Yeah. Wow. I mean, I, I don't, you know. I think I'm the only one here in the room that is is watching Yellowstone, but I've I've kind of gotten a little tired of the we're loading the cattle up. Here's this beautiful picture of the cattle going into a truck and driving across the country. Right, the Enough. slow burn sort of pacing. Yeah, they're yeah. they're they've mm-hmm. slowed everything down, and you know they're you know it's a picnic with a country band, and I'm like I don't really care about any of this. Yeah. Um, and but the storyline is great. But but 1926, I think it is it's fantastic, just fantastic. And there was one scene where uh, they go into town and uh, they see electricity for the first time. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, they live out in the middle of you know nowhere and they go into Bozeman, Montana, which wasn't exactly a hotbed in 1926, 23, I think it is oh, 1923. Mm-hmm. And uh, they um, uh, they come into town and this guy has a washing machine and a refrigerator and everything out on the sidewalk. And they're walking by and they're like, what's this? And there's these cowboys and Helen Mirren. And uh they say, well, we're putting in electricity. All of New York has electricity. And the cowboys are like, uh-huh. New York back then made the same thing, you know, as it does now. And they're like, uh-huh. And they said, uh, uh, so what are these things? And he said, well, uh, you can rent these from us or buy them from us. This is a refrigerator. And he explains how it works. This is a washing machine. And you can do other stuff. And they're like, what other stuff? And only the women there are like, well, the washing machine is pretty good. <laughs> um, and uh, and one guy says, so wait a minute. I have to pay you for the electricity. Yes. And I pay you over time for the refrigerator. Yes. I'm a free man. That sounds like slavery to me. And they talk about how, I mean, at mm. one point, Harrison Ford is shaving and uh, with a, uh, no, not with a straight edge, but with a Gillette, old Gillette razor kind of thing. And um, he's shaving and his wife, Helen Mirren, said, I just love watching you shave. And then they start talking and she says, do you know that in some parts now of the country, women are starting to shave? And he went, What? And she said, yeah, they're shaving under their arms and their legs like we ever took a straight razor and did that. 
Um, and he says, ah, oh, that's just a passing fad. <laughs> and she said, no, you know what? It wasn't enough for the razor blade companies to have half the population. They needed all of it. <laughs> and she said, greed is going to destroy us. And you watch and you're like, oh, wow. I don't know. That, that sort of greed. I thank God we were greedy. Thank God for the razor companies and their greed to yeah, but, create that but, trend. But wait a minute. But that trend, <laughs> that trend came from somebody trying to sell you something. And so it became trendy. For instance, yeah, pink, No, it's just right. It's just right. It's just right. Uh, mm. ask, the, okay. ask the European. Go to France. And then figure out if well, you I'm, just think it's right or wrong, yeah. whether it's caused by greed or not. It's the correct decision. Yeah, okay. I'm, I mean, I, I, I am with you. Okay, on that. I'm just pointing so. out. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure we got there by ourselves. And I'm willing to be open to stuff. This week, I went to a. I can't believe I'm saying this. I went into Dallas. Mm. Okay, I never go into Dallas. There's no reason to ever go into <laughs> Dallas. No reason. Only murders and that, traffic happen in accurate. inner cities. Absolutely mm-hmm. true. Uh, and, uh, oh, sorry, murders, traffic, and high taxes. That's mm-hmm. what happens in big cities. Anyway, and some good restaurants. Well, that's what I found. And, uh, and, uh, my business partner said, Hey, can you come out? We're bringing us a bunch of people. And I'm like, sure. Uh, where? And he's like, uh, well, it's in the city. And I'm like, what? I'm out. And he's like, no, you, we gotta go. And I'm like, why did you pick a restaurant? And he said, it's really good. And I said, Okay. So I can get a good steak. And he said, well, it's sushi. And I said, I hate sushi. I hate it. Like, it's poison. I don't understand. Hey, let me take an octopus from the bottom of the sea, chop its legs off, chop it up in little pieces, throw some rice on it, and hand it to you in a little bite size and say, yum. No, thank you. Mm. I went to this restaurant. I um, Sarah, do you remember the name of this restaurant that I uh, said it was? I believe it was Uchi is what you said it was. Uchi. U-C-H-I. Oh, my gosh. It is top three to five meals I've ever had in my life. I mean, I'm just piling this, this you know, sushi, raw fish, and I hate seafood, and I really hate raw seafood. <laughs> It was unbelievable. It was like some hypnosis or something. It was so good. I didn't pick up the tab, so I have no idea what it costs. I'm sure it's cheap. But I'm guessing raw fish at a really good restaurant was perhaps a little pricey. But if your kids don't have to go to college, you might want to try this place out. I, I, I don't I don't have any idea, but you'd have to come to Dallas and there's only murder taxes. And uh, what was the other thing? Traffic. Yeah. Nothing good. Nothing good. Except good restaurants. Yeah. But that restaurant eventually, because of the murder rate, it's just going to have to move out of town and it'll come out, you know, to the suburbs where real people, they're thinking, you know, hey, Mm -hmm. I could be murdered here. Uh, They get out. Hey, I'm paying way too much to the city, and I'm not really getting a good lifestyle in return. They'll move out, and then the restaurant will go. So I'm just, I want to point that out. Uh, One other thing, um, Richard Dreyfuss is my podcast this week, and it is crazy. It is crazy. Richard Dreyfuss, if you don't know, um, you know, he's the scientist on the boat with Jaws. Uh, he is the, won an Oscar for Goodbye Girl, uh, Mr. Holland's Opus. 
uh, the guy's been in a billion things. He is a Hollywood legend. And as he pointed out during the show, was a full-fledged communist. I mean, I went through his his family history. It's nuts. This guy, this guy didn't have a chance to be normal and, you know, uh, love democracy. Uh, not a chance from the get-go. However, it's not true to some degree. He's not a communist anymore. Um, but he... He talked about how even the communists, when he was growing up, loved America, loved it. And he's like, there isn't anything like that now. And he's like, you know, I, I, I was a communist, but I couldn't tell you anything about it, you know, back when I was younger. And I'm like, well, I don't know, difference there. Uh, and so he's on because he believes civics needs to be taught again. And. I just fell in love with this guy. We don't agree on a lot of stuff, but I didn't, you know, I wasn't like, that's not that. I don't agree with. We just had a great conversation. I'd love to be this guy, this guy's neighbor. Really? Um, he's very well read. He is, I think, wrong on a few things, but who cares? He's right on a lot of real strong principles. And I didn't realize this until we started the uh, podcast. But apparently, I had a huge effect on his life. I, I, it, I, I thought it was in a negative way, but he said it was a positive <laughs> thing. I didn't realize, but I outed him as somebody who I was at a Ted Cruz rally and I met him backstage. Um, and I, he's this guy walking up, and I'm like, Richard Dreyfus, are you in the right building? And he said, you know. I don't agree with any of the stuff that's going on. I'm looking for any kind of answer that makes sense. I want to hear him. Uh, and so I, you know, I, I said he was backstage. Listen, apparently that caused some problems. Here he is on that. You said to me before we went on the air that um, I outed you. And uh, and I immediately <laughs> responded, I'm sorry. I didn't know. I didn't, you know, um, uh and you said, no, that was a good thing. That was a good thing. Uh, in, in what way? <laughs> and um, how, how can we get Hollywood or other people and people on, you know, the, the other side, the other side yeah. as well to stop with the tribalism? Stop. Both sides. Stop it. Um, and start to be a little more brave to say, yeah, that's who I am. Yeah. Um, I, Did you get pushback when I said? Oh, my gosh. Oh, I'm so sorry, Richard. I'm so no, sorry. No, it was great because now I had a, a, a kind of place in my universe. I, I, I had been a liberal. I had been a communist when I was younger. And if you had asked me what communism was, I could not have told you, <laughs> as, as I think is true now. Yeah. We yeah. wouldn't know how to describe it. Um, I, I knew that I was changing, and I knew that I was changing for the better, the clearer, the above, the nicer. I knew that. I could feel it. 
and I, I, I began to see the phrases that indicated that that writer was a duck, was a duck, was a, a loser. And I, I found them everywhere, uh, on the left and on the right. And it was easy for me to be anti-right because my whole community was anti-right. Anti yeah. But I began to move, really, until I became a celebrity and I joined um, Common Cause. Do you remember what Common Cause was? Mm -mm. It was an institution that was uh, by John Gardner, who worked for both Republicans and Democrats. And he wanted to create an institution for those people who were neither Republican or Democrat or both and could criticize both. Yes. So I joined that when I became famous. And I went to Washington and immediately said, where are the Republicans? And no, they didn't talk about that. And what had happened was that it had become an adjunct to the Democratic Party. Mm -hmm. Then I joined, I also joined the Constitution Center. And I spent 10 years on the Constitution Center board saying, where is the honest history instead of the safe history? And they were really the right-wing version of Common Cause. And they finally found a way to kick me out. And that's true. I mean, so he, he goes on. He talks about how we need to educate our kids about America. He deeply loves America. We had an argument about Thomas Jefferson and everything else, but he deeply loves this country. Um, and uh, you won't agree with everything he says, but you will agree on the attitude that if good people, he is convinced that we're at the end unless people on both sides put their sh their swords and shields down and start talking to one another about basic principles, which is uh, which I'm all about. We agree. We're 100 percent in lockstep on that. We disagree on a lot of other things. This is something that you can share with liberal friends. This is something that uh, you should watch. It is. I think it's a good demonstration of sitting down with somebody that you don't agree on on some pretty big things, but you have you know what time it is and you both know the Bill of Rights is the solution. Richard Dreyfus, don't miss this. It's on the blaze now. You can get it tomorrow wherever you get your podcasts. If you're somebody who considers uh, yourself fiscally responsible, uh, or if you'd like to be fiscally responsible, time to wake up and uh, smell the insanity because it is everywhere. Do you see yesterday? Bitcoin went back up to 18,000. Gold was up. Yeah, it's up over 19 today. Yeah. Um, and that had everything to do with the dollar. Um, and that is going to happen. It's going to fluctuate back and forth, back and forth. And while they try to convince you that everything is fine, but eventually it is going away. The dollar will become worthless. So what are you doing with your dollars? If you're in, your in the bank and you're losing, what, 7% just in inflation, you compound that over a few years. You've lost a lot of money. 
Goldline has an awesome special this week for every tube of the quarter ounce Mayflower Gold Commemoratives. That's a quarter ounce of solid gold. You'll receive 100 of the same Mayflower Copper Rounds at no additional cost. Don't wait. These are selling out. They are really, really beautiful. Um, And uh, they commemorate the 400th anniversary of the Mayflower. I designed them. They are commemorative coins. They're really beautiful, and you can use them because they're solid gold. 866-GOLDLINE. By the way, they have them in silver as well. Ask them. 866-GOLDLINE or goldline.com. The Glenn Beck Program. This is the Glenn Beck program. Well, let's also end the week the way we started. Um, Monday, we find out that there's a study that came out in November that Richard Trumpka was talking about on some show over the weekend about gas stoves being dangerous for asthma for our kids. And then we find out that Governor Hochul the next day is is introducing legislation and Washington state has already nixed it in their, I don't know, their construction code. So in Washington state, you're, you're not building anything with a gas stove and they did it without passing it or doing anything. They just did it in committee. Yeah. And now even one of the authors of the study is saying what's clear from the study that it does not assume or estimate a causal relationship between childhood asthma and natural gas stoves. The people who came up with the study are saying it, there there's some correlation there, but we do not see causation there. I'm telling you, this is not a mistake or an error. These uh, Washington State did this back in November or, or December. I mean, this is this is a path that they are taking uh, to limit again your access to energy. And they can say that's a conspiracy theory all they want. They have no the credibility. Program.